Welcome everyone to the Ask a CEO Show. Ask a CEO interviews bring us inside the corner office and C-suite for discussions with top executives about their journey to leadership and the reality of running their companies today. Our host, Greg Demetrio, is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning integrated marketing company. He is also the founder of gregscorneroffice.com, the home of the Ask a CEO interviews. Greg has been in the business for over 30 years. He is a resource to the media, an invited columnist and speaker on marketing and business topics. Over the years, Greg has talked to hundreds of CEOs and executives about what it took to make it to the corner office and what it is really like being the leader of their companies. And now, he brings those conversations to you. Here's Greg now. Welcome, everybody, to Ask a CEO Show. I'm Greg Demetrio, your host. My day job is the CEO of Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning uh, marketing agency here in New York. The Ask a CEO Show brings you highlights of CEOs and important executives that are on their own journey to the CEO suite or have gotten there already and, and how they run their companies. Today, our guest is a master storyteller, a TEDx speaker, and just an all-around nice human being. Doug Thompson is multifaceted, one of those multifaceted people that you love to meet because they have so much going on for them. He has a foundation in technology, especially these days as an artificial intelligence ambassador and technical strategic director for the education team at Microsoft, where he marries his storytelling abilities with opening the world of Microsoft to students, empowering them to create a new world. He's also the founder of Tech Talk Podcast, I'm sorry, Tech Story Podcast, and the Doug Thompson keynote speaker. He's a prolific LinkedIn poster of thoughtful, inspirational, motivational vignettes and stories. Today, the Ask a CEO show is going to be a little bit different as we try to unpack the who and the what of Doug Thompson and his unique approach to sharing his expertise. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. We'd love to have great conversations. So I'm going to try and keep up with you as we go. But to start, <laughs> but to start the conversation off, I'd really like you to give us your backstory. How did, sure, Doug, and as, how, how did Doug Thompson arrive at today? Sure. And as a storyteller, I'm doing a very poor job if I don't let you keep keep up with me. So, you know, that's we'll make sure you go along for the ride. So, you know, D. Doug, it's sort of funny. I use D. Doug Thompson as both an inspiration and sort of a, a, a humorous one-liner that comes up because, as I say, anybody could be Doug Thompson. There's an author, there's a mayor, there's some other ones if you do a search for that. But I want to be the Doug Thompson, which along with it comes some baggage of being aspirational to, to come to be that. And, and it came along from when, when I was, uh, I sort of had a reawakening maybe 10, 12 years ago of realizing the skills and special skills I had from a storytelling perspective to uh, coming to where I am today. So it's been sort of a growth path to come, come along this way. So you've got a long career at Microsoft, one of the yep. world's largest companies. We don't get a lot of CEOs on the show that have that depth of experience with that bigger corporation. Can you tell us what your experience has been like working for a world leader? Yeah, I w I've gone through this. We're on our third CEO. You know, we started out with Bill Gates and then we had Steve Ballmer and now we've got Satya Nadella. And it's been you know, the, the great thing about working at Microsoft is, is I'm never the smartest person in the room. 
if, if I am, I'm in the room by myself. I, I think, you know, a lot of that. So there's, there's so much knowledge to go around and people, the passion that people have and all that. So it, it's hard not to be inspired every day when you go to work. Um, and you, it, it's the, with, with under, you know, we, we've had the transition along with the business model, you know, of when, you know, first no, to get a PC on every, in every home, then, you know, on windows and office on everything through the middle. And now it's, it's sort of gone back to, we want to enable everybody on the planet to, to do more, right, with this stuff. So, so we're yeah. being a good steward or partner. Um, it, it's it's been an interesting journey. I've, again, I've I've uh, been in, and you you mentioned my title earlier, and I like to joke that's just a fancy title for sales nerd. All right. So, as the, as the technical storyteller, that's the the nexus of the podcast tech story. I use storytelling to convey and and, and demonstrate how. You know, business problems can be solved with technology. I never lead with the technology. I want to understand what the business challenges and all are. And that's when I go, when I talk to the CEO or I go talk to a director or I go talk to chief marketing officer, any of those people, I need to know what their story is, what their motivation, what the problems and challenges stuff is. And then I can say, yeah, we can, we can, we can do something with that. We can enable some really great staying. Interesting. So in the brief time that I've been following you, I've been moved by the way you interact with your guests on a personal and professional level. <clears throat> you started your career as a corporate trainer. Is that where you were, where you began developing your storytelling abilities, or is that a style that was just natural to you? I, I think it was. It, it came. It comes somewhat natural to me. But I, and I, the reason I say that is, I went to a high school reunion. I won't go into how many decades it was, but. I went to a high school reunion recently, and we were looking through the, you know, this book of memorabilia from our high school days. Um, and, and I came upon this one thing. It was it was a note to be for being tardy, and I, and I looked at the description of it. And it says, you know, I was late because a coke truck dropped all its cokes on the freeway and blocked it. And I signed it. It was me. So so I go even back when I was seventeen, I was telling stories, and obviously you know there, you know it was approved. So obviously I did a pretty good job of selling that. So, so it goes way back. And, and as, a, as a person that likes to coach people and train them, I've found that the most impactful way to do that is through stories. So, yes, along the training thing, I, I, you know, if you listen to your soul and what lights you up, I've had, yeah, I've got this. And then more recently, you know, as I've been in this role for a while and, and what makes me unique in, in that, you know, the ability to sort of have that longevity is ability to learn these stories that can talk because it technology is getting infinitely more complex and you add artificial intelligence to it and it really sort of makes it, it uh, hard to understand for the normal person. And then my job is to do that translation and to, to use a story from where my audience is. And that's where I always start my start story is where the audience is, right. frame of reference or perspective and stuff. And then, as I mentioned earlier, try to take them along on the journey with me. You know, that's really something because that's, that's your, your more business-sided mindset. But I think the first time I ran across you was on LinkedIn and you were doing a shout out to the people you had met that week. Mm -hmm. And you spoke very positively and very glowingly about the encounters and how heartfelt they were. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I believe you named those posts. Tell us how that started and the idea behind those types of posts. Sure. That's Fanatical Friday is, is the one because I'm a big fan of these people and I try to highlight three people a week that I've met that I'm that I'm a fan of and 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 I sort of list the reasons why. And, and I am very I'm very grateful for for the opportunities I've come across and the people I've met 
And, and you mentioned sort of the personal piece of that. When you're having these discussions, even a business discussion, it still comes back down to the old, the old saying that you, you don't buy from companies, you buy from people. Exactly. And really, to get to know people, you have to have that vulnerability. You have to get to know them as a person. I mean, you're not best friends who go out to do these things, but you understand you can get that relationship that goes along. And my my thought process was in this. I had I had sort of a mentor, Brian Schulman, who does a really great job of doing this. And I thought, you know, this is a great thing to do on and just highlight these great people other people should know about. So it's sort of about expanding, sharing some great people I have in my network that have been gracious enough to spend some time with me. And for me, it, it, it fulfills a personal need to, to be giving and, and give to others. It shows, shows really sincere gratitude, that the blessing that you get and the people that you meet. I mean, I always say that my life has been blessed by God because he keeps putting good people in my way. And, exactly. and I try to respond that way. You know, yeah. you're never going to be an island unto yourself. It's all about the people that are surrounding you and how they interact with you. So I like how you put God puts them in your way. That's that's a great way to do it. I mean, it's not they're along the path and you you know, they're there for a reason. Things happen for a reason. Exactly. Uh, I just I just had um, I spent last week on vacation and I was helping my daughter and grandkids and stuff. They had been flooded out in in one of the Amelda last year. They live in the southeast Texas. And so they've been living in a rental place and now more recently in like a 30 foot trailer. And there's eight of them, six kids and you know, two wow. adults. And so I spent last week doing some finishing in the, in the house that they were trying to get back in. And, um, you know, I, I realized that, the, and, and also along the same time, my second father, so it was my best friend's dad who sort of took my dad's place when my father died when I was in high school, taught me all these carpentry skills. And so, so I'm, I think it was a very fitting tribute to that man that taught me all these skills that now enable me to help my family get back in and do things. So the, you, you talk about, Things happen for a reason, and you connect the dots looking backwards. That's a that's a great example of of, of taking advantage of people getting in your way, um, and <laughs> or, or being put in your way in your path. So I think it keeps you grounded. It just keeps yes. you grounded and keeps you keeps you humble. Yes, because we're we're not the be all and the end all, either to ourselves or anybody else. So yeah. you know, even when I reach the Doug Thompson status, I still won't be. <laughs> so here, so that brings me to the next one. So. How did you get started as a speaker? And what are the keynote engagements that you get now? What do they look like? So, well, lately with COVID, they sort of dried up a little bit. <laughs> but the, I, I got started because as part of Microsoft, and even before that, you're, you're, you're representing your products, your, your technology, and all that. So I, I did a lot of things through the, the accounts that I had or partners or different things. There were events that came up. That I was able to be a part of to sort of here's my niche and here's the story I'm going to tell of that. So I just built upon that. And then I started getting some inbound requests from, from other companies. Hey, would you, you know, we're having this meeting. Can you sort of talk about AI or can you talk about, uh, you know, tra digital transformation or things like that? So, th so through my engagement, it just sort of grew out of that. And I, the, the best thing about that is that I can get that connection to the audience. I can get that, you know, you get the, there's, a, there's an exchange of energy from the audience to the speaker that you just can't replicate anywhere else. And, you know, it's just, it's an honor for me to, for somebody to trust me enough to go do that. And then living up to that expectation and then getting that energy back from them. You know, again, it's gratitude. I get, I'm grateful they're spending the time with me. So I give them everything that I have. Yeah, that's that's what's missing now, and I just sorely miss, sorely miss the 
the interaction, that energy you talk about from the audience to the speaker and so forth. Even these are different. I mean, these are usually I do these in studio with two camera guys and two sound guys and a producer <laughs> and two talking heads. And they have, yeah. you know, this is different. I mean, this yeah. is something that came was born out of COVID. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're making it work. And I think working well, quite frankly, because now mm-hmm. not only have the video, but we also have the podcast. But it is different. It's something that you yearn for as a human person. You need to be involved with other people. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, God willing, this COVID thing will pass and we'll get back to something that's going to look a little like normal. We can get back to meeting with people and yeah. having events and all the good stuff that we all value and, and look forward to. So, Doug, you're going to break the show for just a minute. We need to pay some bills. So I'm going to take a commercial break, if you don't mind. And we'll just sit here and wait for the rest to come back and they'll point a finger at me and say, okay, go back on and then we'll be back. So hold on, we'll be right back. The Ask a CEO Show is brought to you by Lorraine Gregory Communications, an award-winning agency telling personal and brand stories for more than 30 years. From strategy to production and execution, they are a true full-service agency. Check them out today at LorraineGregory.com. All right, and we're back with Doug Thompson, master storyteller and technology expert. Tom, you have a wealth of technological experience and skill, especially with uh, AI. What are some of the most recent trends that you see in the breakthroughs that you can tell us in that, in that world, the AI world? Oh, they're, they're so numerous. I'll, I'll tell you about the ones that I see from my patch on this. And, and uh, well, I'll start with the security standpoint. Um, because there's so much noise, especially with people working remotely now, that the, the chance to get hacked or probed and, and all these other things now is, is greatly expanded. You know, before when you went in the office, you had sort of your, your castle walls around you that protected you, and there was a, a smaller doorway to guard. Now, basically, the world is the door to get in when you're doing this. If you're at home, you know, on your PC or whatever, you're constantly sort of being attacked or, or looked at. And so, you know, we at Microsoft, we have the benefit of seeing so many different signals and, and, and trends going around. You, you want to learn a lot, lot about security, run Xbox Live for about a week. <laughs> the gaming, the, you know, so you learn a lot of different things about that. So the amount of data that comes in from that is just, you could not humanly parse it and make sense of it. So this is where artificial intelligence and machine learning come in. And this is where the, where the best is it taking these vast amount of data, distilling it down to the important things that you want to see, and then you can sort of tie these things together. So, I mean, you, just simply the amount of data there, would, would, there's not enough humans on the planet to get this done in a timely fashion. So this is one area that's really great to do that. Another area would be uh, some of the cognitive services that we have that does like voice to text. So especially in this world now where we're working remotely and you, you can't necessarily see somebody, the ability to have real-time transcription of a conversation is very powerful because that enables people that, that have uh, either a different language, they don't, they're not native speakers, or perhaps they have uh, hearing challenges. That enables them to participate as well. And because they're, they're, they're very, their values and their, the contributions are very valuable. And that makes more of an inclusive environment. So that's I didn't, even, I didn't even realize. I didn't even realize that I'm a user of AI in that I use the readback, the read aloud function mm-hmm. in Word. Yeah, I'm a writer. I do a lot of writing, and using that tool, mm-hmm. my ear hears the mistakes. Exactly. It's so much better than proofreading. Mm-hmm. I get through it quicker. It's a better yeah. product when I'm done. So thanks for that. 
Oh, you're welcome. Hey, and I don't know if you saw the new feature where now you can upload an audio file and it'll do the transcription for you. Exactly correct. I was I used to be paying a service because sometimes yeah. we'll transcribe these interviews mm -hmm. and I use the service and now I don't yeah. have to anymore. So it's really yeah. a benefit. So, okay. So in five years, what's AI going to look like? Well, you know, there's always two trains of thought. There's the Skynet version where we're, you know, the, the robots are trying to kill us or there's the... the Oh, wait a minute. That's my, next, that's my next question. <laughs> AI uh, is sometimes reminiscent of sci-fi, where, yeah. where life is controlled by computers and technology and not in a good way. Yeah, Do yeah. you believe that there's a danger there's going to be too much AI at some point? Well, you know, I'll, so I'll answer your first question. In five years, um, you know, the, 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 ideally what, what, would, what would be good, again, let's, then I'll get to your second question. Let's assume this, it's a good track and going on. What you'll see is more adoption and more of the things that I just talked about, about the inclusion of, of, of things that you can only do from AI, like the transcription, the real-time transcription. And, and ideally, what you want is AI not to replace a human job or do that, is you want to have the human then be sort of, you talked about having a service that used to do this. Now you can sort of, it automatically does it. And now, you know, using those Use, the people that used to do that service can now upskill to something else, like do real-time translations at a conference if we ever get back or do something else. It's about allowing the human to use the creative part of the brain and get out of those things that can be automated and, and sort of, you know, that, that, that uh, the lower skill type things that, that are, are done. That's where, that, that would be the best balance if we have that. And then the, cha the biggest challenge of that is, is us as humans sort of letting go and trusting that this is, you know, this is what it's going to be and realizing that it's not here to replace us. It's here to allow us the opportunity to think and grow and use our brain for what we do best. And it's not, you know, not repetitive tasks. So there's no boogeyman in, in the, in the, behind the curtain. Well, <laughs> ideally not. Um, but there are things that can be done. I mean, you know, there, there's the, uh, if you look at the, the debacle or, or the debate about facial recognition and stuff on that, the, the AI tools and stuff on there aren't by, by themselves bad, right? They, they serve a specific function. It's the way that they are used that, that sort of changes is it good or bad. And I, I think we need some, some regulations in place to sort of help curb the, uh, the uh, um, attraction of maybe using them. For bad, um, but but you know if, if you go back to the singularity piece of that, we're we're nowhere near where that. Even though robot, you can do robotic voices. I saw a, a where they had AI that wrote a story. I saw an article the other day on Medium, I think it was, and they, this this bot wrote this story, but you could still tell it wasn't a human story. It was very mechanical. Grammar was correct, <laughs> which just should be a dead giveaway that it wasn't a human story. But there, there, were, there was not that, you know, there was something missing, that connection. And so we're not, we're a ways away from that ability to do that. Okay, so company culture is, is an important subject nowadays. Yeah. Right? People are always trying to figure out how to make the employees feel better, work better, have mm -hmm. a more happy existence. So how do you see AI and storytelling impacting the human culture of a company? Well, and this goes into a broader thing of, of digital transformation. That's it's a term that gets thrown around a lot. And, and in reality, when you're trying to leverage these things and all that, it really needs to be a cultural 
organizational change before the technology change really sort of happens. And the reason I say that is, as you get with AI, you get machine learning and big data, now you need to make sure that everybody has the proper access to that same data so they can do some really cool and creative things with it. It's inclusive. They can, you know, you're all working off the same, uh, you know, the same set of data that you have, you know, it's curated in a way that, again, uh, somebody in research would have, you know, tighter permissions than somebody say in sales per se but it's an organizational change that that i don't own the data i mean I, we're breaking down these silos where i don't own this data the company owns this data how do we make the best use of it so that's a cultural change that goes across with that um and then the ability to again getting back can we use this for good and just because we should do something with ai should we we need to sort of look around at uh, you know, if, if I was going to an emerging market and there was a factory that made widgets and it was really the sole employer for this whole village, is it right to go in and automate that, which would decimate the economy of that village, right? Without some property, okay, how do we upskill them to go do something else? That's really altruistic. But the question becomes then, how do you maintain that in that industry going forward? Because there's going to be so many temptations to do exactly what you said. Mm-hmm. Humans be damned. Money is more important. So back to your your inference about being regulated or at least issued guidelines. I think mm-hmm. that's going to be seriously important going forward because as time goes by, this AI thing is just like exploding. I mean, yeah. it just, it's almost like it's growing on its own on its own legs, and it, it could very well fall into a dark hole. And it's something I'm thinking people are a little concerned about. Uh, you know, especially in light of all the security issues we have going on today, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's just an important, important thing. And, and I appreciate the fact that you're a professional and you see that already. So what's next for B. Doug Thompson or the ambassador for Microsoft? <laughs> what's coming well, I, next? What's coming next for you? Well, you know, I, uh, once, I'd like to get back on a stage near you sometime soon to, to talk about the storytelling. I, I've got the Tech Story podcast of which I sort of um, uh, in, in, I, I enjoy swimming in my love of stories. So I, I get to talk to some great storytellers. What I really want to do is to, and this is sort of to all the nerds out there that may be listening to this, um, is that I want to give you that voice. I want to sort of help you have that storytelling ability. Because what I find is, is you know, these really brilliant people which are making these products and, and engineers and developers and all that, they're just so, I'll use an example of, I was a mentor at University of Texas, their master's program, and, and they asked me to come out and speak. And I'm looking at the resumes of all the masters of, you know, data science and all this. I'm looking, I'm having to look up every third word in the dictionary because I really don't understand <laughs> what's on there. So these people are way smarter than I am. But as I listen to them talk, they could talk to each other very well. When they try to do the part I talk about telling a story to a business owner that really doesn't care about technology, that's where they have a challenge or even selling their idea to a fellow team members. So it gets back to, I want to help give them that voice and the way to think in story to say, okay, here's how I would tell this and relate that to make them ultimately more successful. So in closing, this is this should be a good one for you. In okay. closing, I always ask the guests the same variation on, on the same question. What was the best personal advice you've ever received? Mm-hmm. What was the best business advice you've ever received? The best personal advice was my was my uh, 
father. I, well, I guess the best the best business advice from my father says you can you can earn a living in two ways with your back or your brain, and I highly recommend the latter. <laughs> so, you know, having worked done manual labor all last week, I can I can really appreciate that. Um, the, the second one was a, actually was a lesson. This was a personal lesson that I had back when I was around high school. And it, it goes back to, to empathy and, and, humi- and being humble in that I, was, I had some friends of mine who were supposed to go water skiing is during the summer. I went over to their house at the appointed time and they weren't there. And, and I knock on the door and, and, and their mother answered. And, and I said, well, we, what's, you know, what's up? We were supposed to go skiing. He says, and she, she, this was probably the hardest decision she ever made. She says, look, they, they just are tired of being around you because you're sitting there talking about you've got this other boat and you're doing it. You know, so you, it was almost right. I was unaware that I was doing that. And that was a hard message for her to deliver to me. But it did. Now I keep in mind as I go forth and give to other people and do these other things. I think it instilled in me to, to lead with empathy and think humbly and, and to sort of go and do that. So from the more personal perspective, perspective i hope that made me a better person but it also made me a better listener in that okay how can i help these people as opposed to uh, again unintentionally maybe talking about some other stuff that i had it's very those are very interesting yeah i love your dads because my dad was in the eighth grade and he, the best advice he gave me is to spend less than spend less than you're making you'll always be fine yeah you know you exactly take the old timers <laughs> they, they know their stuff for sure exactly so, okay so now one last question, actually, because the, the advice is fine. Now, our audience is primarily CEOs and people mm-hmm. on their way to a C-suite. Mm-hmm. Now, you're working in one of the largest companies in the world. I, I equate you to a CEO because it's such a big universe that you work in, right? What advice would you give to somebody either in the C-suite or on their way to the C-suite about how mm-hmm. to be a leader? The best CEOs I've come across, the best C-suite people I've come across have been fantastic storytellers, too. Because, you know, as a CEO, you have to have a vision. You have to have these these other skills. And the way that you communicate that down down through the the whole food chain of, of the company is important. And the ability to tell the same basic story with a different focus for the audience that you're talking to. Develop those skills to do that because it's all about communication when you're going. The best ones, CEOs I had, they could communicate with anybody. It wasn't that they simply communicated with their leadership team or the, or the investors or what have you. They were able to, to tell that story to a, a variety of audiences and build those skills. That's the, that would be my best advice because it, you, you can learn all the other stuff. You can learn the finance. You can learn these other things. That stuff you can learn. And you can learn the storytelling, but the storytelling will take you so much further. Yeah, it has to be nuanced based upon who you're mm-hmm. speaking to. I think the other day I interviewed a, a Fortune uh, no, 700, maybe 800. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the, uh, the conversation. The conversation is, well, I can talk to my professionals this way. Mm-hmm. I can talk to my mid-managers this way. And mm-hmm. I can talk to my floor staff this way. Mm-hmm. But I can't give them all the same. I can give them all the same content, but I have to yeah. do it. It yeah, was very exactly. It's a very interesting uh, concept. So, listen, I appreciate you being on the show. It's been amazing. I, I would like you to tell me. the audience how to get a hold of you, get more information mm-hmm. from you, or whatever you would like to tell them at this point. The floor is yours. Sure. Well, thank you very much. Again, techstorypodcast.com. That's my that's my podcast. I'm most prevalent on LinkedIn, as you know, as as you found me there. Um, and I'm the Doug Thompson on Instagram and Twitter, although I'm not quite as active on those things, but. Uh, LinkedIn is the best place to get a hold of me. Okay, so 
we're we're coming to the end now, and I want to say one more time, I really appreciate this. The conversation was just flowed. I get so much out of these conversations. That's why I do them. I have a day job. It's running an ad agency. But meeting CEOs and important executives like this, I always wind up taking something away. And that's always my hope that the audience does. And I know for sure today they got that. So thank you, Doug, again. Uh, appreciate you coming on to the show. Audience, please don't miss any of the upcoming Ask a CEO interviews. We'll have CEOs from all industries, all over the world, all over the country, highlighting their journey to the C-suite and what it's like running their companies when they get there. You can visit us on gregscorneroffice.com on YouTube for the video versions or on all your favorite listening uh, podcast channels. Just search Ask a CEO. And don't forget, if you like the show, subscribe and share far and wide. And thank you so much. We'll see you next time. That's a wrap on another Ask a CEO interview. We hope you enjoyed the talk. We'd love to hear from you. Visit gregscorneroffice.com, click the Ask a CEO tab, search your favorite listening app or view on YouTube. Click the subscribe button and don't forget to like and follow us on Facebook. Until next time, goodbye from Ask a CEO.